This is the Relevant Life Church podcast, where we are about connecting with God, relating to people, and reaching our world. Tune in as our church goes through this week's teaching in God's Word. Well, good morning, good morning. Hopefully everyone's excited to be here and be at church and is alive. Uh, All I know is I came back from, uh, like, Mexican Riviera area, and it's so hot that I flew into, like, Oregon, got out, and I was like, 83 degrees here is amazing, so whoever wants to move to Texas or somewhere because of politics or something, you can feel at home to do so, but I'm gonna stay where I'm not just drenched in sweat everywhere, because I came, and I was, like, breathing fresh air, and it was glorious. I was like, I love the Pacific Northwest. Who's with me? Anybody? If you're from Texas or you're planning on moving there, I'm sorry. Um, Anyway, uh, a couple things real quick. I'm not preaching today. Pastor Jesse is, which we're gonna get to in a second, but I just wanna let you know our lead pastor are on vacation, send them wishes. They're about to get on a flight. They've already had an adventure so far. Um, On their flight down yesterday, someone had um, some sick problems on the plane and they had to clear all three rows and I guess clean all that up. So that was fun for them. And that was a couple rows in front of them. I guess the the smell was really bad. So you can pray for them for that, that they would not have PTS. And then uh, they got off the plane and PK found out that his bag was left in Vegas um, on the connecting flight. So all last night he's freaking out. He's like, I have like barely any clothes to wear on this cruise. Like, and I can't get it later. It's not like they're gonna ship it to me on the cruise. So he ended up having an Uber like at 12 a.m. or something, like middle of the night, back up to the airport 40 minutes and then come back, which if you know PK up at that time, that's like not happening. That's like a miracle in and of itself. So I called him this morning on the way here and he's like half asleep. But uh, anyway, they're on the cruise ship now, about to party up, so pray for them. Um, anyway, a couple things too. Camp, summer camp starts off tomorrow. Say so yeah, yeah. And uh, if you didn't know that, now you do. Pray for our students. They're going Monday through Thursday morning, and uh, they could really use your prayers. As well as if um, you would like to donate anything towards those students going um, to help finalize any of their costs that they have, you can feel free to do that. I think is there a way on the app or they like? Okay, so check that out. Um, do that. And last but not least, we kicked off a series last week called This Is Us, Say This Is Us. And Pastor Jesse's gonna preach it today, but if you did not know, Jesse's birthday is today. So uh, we're gonna sing him the best happy birthday ever. And if I see anybody's mouth closed, I'll walk down there with this mic and make you sing in the mic. Not really, because no one wants to hear that. But everyone better sing, okay? So on the count of three, happy birthday Happy birthday, Pastor Jesse. Happy birthday. Would you guys welcome to the stage this morning? Uh, they teach you in Bible college that that's not the best way to start a sermon. <laughs> but it certainly will get everyone's attention. Well, hey, good morning, Relevant Life Church. My name is Pastor Jesse. I am the youth pastor here. And if, if I have not met you yet, I would love to be able to meet you after the service legitimately. I, I, I want to meet you. If I haven't met you yet, I, I, I would love to meet you. Um, we are continuing in this series titled, This Is Us. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, this is us. This is us. 
with, with energy and passion. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, guys, this is us. <laughs> this is us. If you missed last week's message as Pastor Kevin kicked off this incredible series and laid the foundation for the weeks to come, I, I want to encourage you to find time to go back and check it out. You're not going to miss that message. It was very impactful. It was powerful. If you missed it, go back and check it out. The title of today's message is Give Your Life Away. Give Your Life Away. You know, each week we're going to be walking through one of the core values that is a part of every fiber of our identity as a church. And today our core value of discussion is serving. Ushers, lock the doors. I'm joking, guys. You, you know those doors don't lock. If you look at the landscape of our culture in the world today, it's very individualistic and consumeristic. So many people are caught up in self-promotion, self-indulgence, self-preservation, and seeking their own idea of glory. How many of you have ever been to Chick-fil-A? How, how many of you love Chick-fil-A? Come on. There ought to be, come on. You got the Lord's house here, but then there, you can also, you can't go on Sundays, but every other day of the week, you can go have church at Chick-fil-A and eat God's chicken. Come on. <laughs> What's so great about Chick-fil-A, Pastor Jesse? Why are you, why are you so adamant about Chick-fil-A? Uh, how, how many of you ever been to a, a certain restaurant or a business or a store? And what keeps you coming back to that store? Because they have great customer service. That's right. It's almost... It's not almost like it. It is Chick-fil-A's purpose, Pastor Trenton, to, to, serve, uh, to serve you and go beyond, above and beyond to serve you, to, to, to go out of their way to make sure that your needs are met. Even at Chick-fil-A, of all places, you're just trying to get some chicken nuggets, but they are trying to serve you, to try and show you the love of Jesus. And... Uh, you name the restaurant or the store or the business that you love to go to, a lot of times it's the reason we keep coming back, the reason why we support, the, the reason why we invest is because they have great customer service. And so this, the, the culture that we live in today is very individualistic, very consumeristic. And why'd you bring up Chick-fil-A, Pastor Jesse? Because... It's the opposite of what our culture is. We're so caught up in self-promotion, self-indulgence, self-preservation. You know, this isn't news. These behaviors aren't unique to our specific moment in history, but they do seem to be amplified because we live in the era of social media where most people have access to the world in their pocket, making it really easy to instantly share their unfiltered opinion on anything and everything. And culture will teach you to put yourself first, only think about you, only do what's good for you, only look out for you. And if you lend your ear to that kingdom for very long, and you, you actually begin to ask yourself, you know what, yeah, what about me? What am I getting out of this? What's in it for me? How does this affect me? And there's an entitlement that comes that I deserve blank, that I'm owed 
blank. As if when we walk into church, we're doing God a favor. All right, Jesus, I'll throw you a bone this Sunday. Unfortunately, this entitlement issue has crept into church culture where we have Christians roaming from church to church in search of what's best and what, what best serves them. Where serving other people and Jesus fit into their agenda. But the moment they're offended or upset, they set off and search for a new church. The problem with this is that the mentality of the, is that church is all about what I can get. But listen, if you are here this morning and, and you're skeptical about Jesus and you're new to walking with Jesus or you're looking for a church to call home, we are so glad that you are here. We are so glad that you're here. We want to invite you to join the Relevant Life Church family. This is a family where you're known, where you're loved, where you're accepted, where you're challenged, where you're celebrated. But entitlement in church culture will also look like, you know what, fine, I'll serve and be a part of the church, but I've got demands. I'll serve in the children's ministry if. You know, I'll serve as a greeter if. Yeah, I'll serve on the worship team, Pastor Trenton, but only if. And now there are strings attached to our service to God and to others. That I'll only serve when it's convenient for me. Or only when I get to serve in the way that I want to. We forget about the heart of Jesus because we're too consumed with ourselves, our agenda, how we're perceived, and what others think of us. There are even times, and I've seen this in my own life, where during the worship aspect of our gathering, where we're singing songs of praise to him, that I was, I was standing there and I was wondering how I was being perceived or what others were thinking about me. Instead of praising him, honoring him, adoring him, being in awe of him, and fixating on the majesty and the sovereignty and the faithfulness of Jesus. Somewhere along the way, have we become focused on what we're getting out of it instead of entering into this place to minister to the Lord and to be immersed in the presence of Jesus and intimacy with him? Have we filled our lives with self rather than what Jesus says matters most, which is people offering ourselves as a living sacrifice and having intimacy with him? We believe in having a humble heart and attitude and disposition of servanthood because that's what Jesus did for us. Jesus set an example of serving with humility that we've been called to follow. So today, we're going to look at Jesus' example of service. You know, I love the Bible. How many of you love the Bible? Amen. I said, how many of you love the Word of God? How many of you love the Bible? Amen. Man, I, I, how many of you were here during our Bible 101 series? Okay. Uh, so good, man. That series, if you haven't, if you, maybe you missed that entire series with us, go back and watch every sermon. It, it, it will change your life as you, as you look at this word, and it, it's powerful. How many of you brought your physical Bible with you this morning? Put your, put your physical Bible in the air and wave it like you care. Come on. 
But during our Bible 101 series, we were reminded that the Word of God is not just some random book of, some random outdated book of ancient writings. It's something that's still relevant today. The same, the same problems and struggles that people had in Jesus' time were the same struggles that we have today. Just like, just like us, Jesus' disciples were selfish a lot of the time. They fought for themselves. They cared about looking good, having power, being right, looking right, saying the right things. And Jesus taught them the same thing that we're still being taught today. So let me, let me set the scene Jesus is in the last few hours of his life. He's with his disciples in the upper room. One of the most famous scenes in the Gospels. What happens next is Jesus showing us why he stepped down from glory, entered our frame, knew our pain to demonstrate for us what it would look like to clothe ourselves in humility and serve one another and be an active part in the kingdom of God. He washed the feet of his disciples. I see some of y'all sweating. We ain't washing feet this morning, okay? So don't worry. We're going to be in John chapter 13, so if you would go, go with me there now in your, in your physical Bible or if you have the Bible app on a device, scroll with me there. Uh, John chapter 13, we're going to be starting in verse 1. And in the next few moments, uh, my goal is to unpack and to articulate why it's so vital, why we value servanthood at Relevant Life Church. So let's take a look. John chapter 13, starting in verse 1. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He'd loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper. Turn to your neighbor and tell him it's time for supper. And the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority on everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured out water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. And when Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I'm doing. But someday you will. No, Peter protested. You will never, ever, ever wash my feet, Lord. And in biblical times, the dusty and dirty conditions of the region and the wearing of sandals necessitated foot washing. Although the disciples most likely would have been happy to wash Jesus' feet, they couldn't conceive of washing each other's feet. Why? This was because in the society of the time, foot washing was reserved for the lowliest of menial servants. Peers didn't wash one another's feet except very rarely as a mark of great love. When Jesus began to wash one of the disciples' feet, you could hear the other disciples gasp. <gasps> you see what you see what he's doing? They were shocked. Jesus' actions here serve also as a symbol of spiritual cleansing and a model of Christian humility. 
By washing his disciples' feet, Jesus taught the lesson of selfless service that was supremely exemplified by his death on the blood-stained cross as he hung there for you and for me. Continuing in verse 8, Jesus replied, Unless I wash you, you do not belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, Then wash my hands and my head as well, Lord, not just my feet, my head, my shoulders, my knees, and my toes, Lord. Jesus answered, Those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said, Not everyone was clean. In this passage, you see just how meek and lowly and humble Jesus is. That in the last few hours of his life, we see Jesus kneel down, look Judas in the eye, and with love and grace, wash the feet of his betrayer. Who does this? I mean, who does this, who shows this kind of love and who shows this kind of grace? You know, Judas gets a bad rep, unfortunately and understandably. But I relate to Judas in this moment because I betrayed Jesus, yet he served me with grace and love. I was deserving of death, yet he gave me life. We have a difficult time even serving people who are different than us. We have a difficult time serving people who are temp- serving people who temporarily annoy us. People who people who have hurt us. People who betrayed our trust. And I believe that's why Jesus demonstrated for us the heart and attitude of a servant is humility. In verse 12, after washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. You ought to serve each other in this way. I've given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. In this passage, you see just how meek and humble and and lowly Jesus is in the example that he gives us. As disciples of Jesus, we're to emulate him, serving one another in lowliness of heart and mind, seeking to build one another up in humility and love. When we seek the preeminence, when we seek authority, when we seek power and position, we displease the Lord who promised that true greatness in his kingdom is attained by those with a servant's heart. In fact, Pastor Rich Wilkerson Jr. says this as it pertains to servant leadership. I want to be one of those kinds of leaders that when I walk into a room, it's like, it's not like, hey, here I am. I want to be the kind of leader that's like, hey, there you are. 
I want to be the kind of leader that when I'm around people, I don't leave them and they go, wow, Rich is really great. I want to be around people and they go, man, I'm really great. He makes me feel great about myself. He makes me believe that I can fulfill what's in my heart. This is what your teams are looking for. They don't need to be impressed by you. They need to be encouraged by you. Which brings me to my first point today is that we are saved to serve. Turn to the person next to you and tell them, we're saved to serve. Come on, with passion, like you mean it, with enthusiasm, I'm saved to serve. And so as a response to what Jesus has done for and in you and I, we serve him, we serve others so that they might know Jesus, so that they might know the Jesus that you've encountered, the grace that you've been shown, the love that you've experienced. And the Lord promises that when we have that servant's heart, that he will pour out blessing and provision and favor in your life. Now, we don't serve others in order to get blessing from God. But we serve others because he bled for me. He died for me. He redeemed me. He restored me. He healed me. He served me. He put my feet on solid ground. He carried my cross. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9 says, He has saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we've done, because, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us through Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. You may have noticed that when you accepted Jesus as Savior and Lord, he didn't immediately beam you up to heaven. We believe that Jesus saved us not so that we could receive a, just receive a get-out-of-hell-free card and experience salvation, but that you would serve others in humility so that they might experience the same grace that you'd been shown. Not that you would experience a life-altering encounter with Jesus himself and then merely attend church. He bought you at a high price so that you might be a producer in the kingdom of God as a servant, not merely a consumer on a Sunday morning gathering or at a ministry event. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. If you've ever caught yourself noticing a particular area within the ministry of the church that has a glaring need or that there's, a, that there's an area of ministry that you're passionate about, go serve in that area. Go serve on that team. Go stand in that gap. A lot of times the, the tendency is that we come to church wanting to just soak it all in without giving anything towards it. You know, the very area that we complain about on our way home from or to church may be the very area that God wants you to serve in. That may be the very area that God has created a job in advance for you to do. You're passionate about it because you care about that. You see the details of that. You noticed it. You, so, so you should get involved in that. 
Pastor Kevin mentioned last week that what you value, you pursue. I know if you haven't watched last week's message, I'm kind of giving some spoilers away today, but he mentioned last week what you value, you pursue. Do you value serving others? Because if you do, you'll pursue it. You'll get involved. You'll be an active part of the, uh, you'll be an active part of the church, an active part of the kingdom of God. And it's not because we just, we just want more employees. No, we want servants. We want people who have an attitude and a heart of a servant because of what Jesus has done for us, because we've been saved to serve other people. Number two, we're gifted to serve. Turn to the person next to you and tell them, you are gifted. You are gifted. You are so gifted. First Peter chapter four, verse 10 says that each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as, a, as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. You have a gift. You have talents and abilities. There is something that you do that you are extremely good at. We are all gifted for service. There are times when I've been in conversation with people and I've noticed it within my own uh, noticed it in my own life at times that sometimes we don't want the gift that we have. Hey, have you ever noticed that? That sometimes we don't really want the gift that we have been given. That there are times that we don't see the intrinsic value in our gift. We, we wish we had a different gift. We say things like, man, I wish I was a singer. Man, I wish I was a speaker. Man, I wish I could do this or that. And listen, not all of us can sing like Pastor Trenton. Not all of us are administratively gifted like Julie. And some of us are double, double gifted. Like, and she can sing and she's administratively gifted. Not all of us are a gifted teacher like Pastor Kevin. Doesn't mean you don't have a gift because... It isn't a gift someone would typically notice on a typical Sunday morning. There's a misconception out there that somehow there are elevated gifts above others, and, that, and that's just not true. Because all of us are needed in the body of Christ. Amen. All of us are needed in the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if you still have your Bibles open, go with me there now. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 4, it'll be on the screen for you as well, but turn with me, scroll with me there. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 4, there are different kinds of gifts, sorry, coffee, uh, there, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it's the same God at work. Now to, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message 
of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. I think it's important to realize a few things when it comes to spiritual gifts. Number one, that God decides which, God decides which gifts we get. We don't get to choose. God is the one who gives people gifts, not the leader who prays really loud and really hard. So take the pressure off yourself. Or take, your, take the pressure off the leader who's praying. God's, if God will give you the gift, all we have to do is simply come and ask and receive. Number three, we're, we're not less spiritual if we don't receive a certain gift. Number four, gifts don't all come at one time. God may give them to us later as they're needed in life. Number five, gifts are for the benefit of all, not just for the person who's receiving the gift. I'm going to ask uh, Damaris if, we, if, if you would come up here and help me for a second. Oh, you can just come right here, Damaris. Yeah, yeah, you can just come right here. What is that? Damaris, would you like this gift? Yes. <laughs> now, now, you don't have to beg or twist my arm, okay? I'm offering it. All you have to do is ask and receive. Can I have the gift? <laughs> yes. And... Would you open it for us as you, as you receive this gift? This is a, you can tell who does the, the, the wrapping around Christmas time at our house. Uh, it's obviously my wife. Because um, this is, looks like it's wrapped by a monkey or something. Now, 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 Damaris, my desire is that you would take that gift and that you would go and share it with others. Does that make sense? That you would take the, the gift that I've just given you and that you would go and share it with other people so that it, it could be to the benefit of other people, not just for yourself. Thank you, Damaris. <laughs> Because I, I want to remind you this morning that our God-given gifts are not just for us, but for the benefit of the people around us. The gifts you've been given by God, are, the gifts you've been given by God, are to serve one another and to build each other up. Rich, Rich Wilkerson Jr. says this about servant leadership: Most people don't have a skill problem; most people have a stewardship problem. Your talent's not your problem. Your skill's not your problem. It's your stewardship. And your steward, are you stewarding the gifts that God has given you to serve in the church well, or are you using them at all? Are you fearful that if you step out, use your gifts, serve others, that it will be uncomfortable? I'm going to break it to you right now. It will be. 
Or are you fearful that, man, if I start serving, I know what I'm going to have to give up because I know it's taking most of my time and my energy and my efforts, and I know where my heart is right now, and I know what I'm going to have to give up. Are you fearful of what you'll have to give up? If you, begin, if you adopt this model that Jesus gives us, are you afraid of what you'll have to give up? Because I can tell you right now, as you step out and use your gift to serve in, in this church and to serve in his church, you will be uncomfortable. But like I've said before, God is comfortable in your uncomfortableness. God will work in the midst of that. God has equipped you. He's given you his spirit and he goes before you. And one of the battles that comes with serving is using, one of the battles that comes with using our God-given gifts in the church is that, hey, guess what? It's not about you. That's one of the hardest parts about serving is that it's not even about you. Pastor Dino Rizzo says this, serving reminds us that it's all about him and it's not about us. Pastor Kevin mentioned last week that what you value, you protect. How do I protect servanthood in my life, Pastor Jesse? You prioritize it. Do you prioritize serving others in your life? Do you prioritize serving others in your home? Do you prioritize serving others at Relevant Life Church? Because if you prioritize it, you're, you're going to protect it. You're going to protect that culture that no matter what, I'm going to serve other people. I'm going to be a living sacrifice to God and to other people so that they can know who Jesus is and what, what he has done for them. And number three, we're called to serve. Turn to the person next to you and tell them, I'm called to serve. I'm called to serve. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, Paul says, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you've been called by God. Some people think, oh, okay, pastor, that makes sense for you because you are called to full-time vocational ministry. And yes, I've been uniquely called to work within the church in a particular capacity, but we are both just as called to minister and to serve one another, to serve our neighborhood, to serve our city, to serve this country, to serve this world. Amen. Pastor Trenton said this, that pastors are not celebrities, we have been called to serve. As pastors here at Relevant Life Church, we are here to serve you. We are here to serve you. We are here to lead, administrate, and equip you to take ownership of the ministry. Did you know that we have 78 Relevant Life Church members and on average 176 weekly attenders? If Jesus did it with 12, what could RLC do with 176 sold out living sacrifices? Who says, I'm going to give my life for service to God and service to other people. What kind of impact in the kingdom of God could we have if all of us followed Jesus' example of serving with humility? I'll serve wherever, whenever, and in whatever capacity you want me to, Jesus. Because I'm a kingdom worker. My life is an offering to you and my agenda is surrendered to you. 
Because no matter how you cut us here at Relevant Life Church, we bleed service. And for some of you, you might be called in your faith journey to serve in a foreign country doing missions work. Even if you're not called to grow, go across the world, you are called to go across your world and serve. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20 says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to, to obey all the commands that I've given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus, on his last days on earth, gave us the great commission as his final instructions, where he told his disciples that they need to go into all the world and tell others about him. I died to pay for their sin. I died to take their sin on me. So many people take the great commission and treat it like the great suggestion. Or perhaps like the great, if the opportunity presents itself, then great, I'll, I'll get around to that one day. Pastor Kevin mentioned last week that what you value, you promote. Do you promote serving by the way that you serve? Do you have the heart and the attitude of a servant that whatever you want from me, Lord, you can have it. That wherever you want me to serve, I'll go. Whenever you want me to serve, I'll be there. Whatever capacity you want me to serve, I'll do it. Do you model servant leadership like the example Jesus gave us? Demodel it. Is it a part of your every, every part of your life? Matthew chapter 10, verse 39 said, If you cling to your life, you're going to lose it. But if, but if you give up your life for me, You'll find it. Would you stand with me this morning? How's your serve? Do you value it? Do you protect it? Do you promote it? Because here at RLC, Again, no matter how you cut us, we bleed service because Jesus bled for us, because Jesus served us, because he carried that cross for you and for me, because he kneeled down and he washed your feet when we were deserving of death, when our destiny was hell. Jesus stepped down from glory and entered into our frame, knew our pain so that we could stand here this morning and give him all the praise.
and all the glory and all the adoration. Can we respond to Jesus this morning? Can you just lift up a shout of praise in your own way? Can you just tell Jesus that he's worthy, that God, we adore you this morning, God, that you deserved all the glory. We don't want the glory, Jesus. God, we need your help. God, we need your presence to reside in our life. Jesus, thank you. Hallelujah for serving us that you kneeled down and you washed our feet so that we could be a living sacrifice to the people we rub shoulders with every day for the people who walk into the doors of our church building, for the people that we do life with so that we could serve one another, so so that we could give of ourselves because that's the path to true happiness that we're looking for is not focused on ourselves but focused on other people and what you've done for us. I'm going to invite our prayer team to come. These are people who are here to serve you, to love you, to pray with you. And if you need help, hope, or healing, I want to encourage you to respond and pray with them. Maybe you're here this morning and and you haven't started walking face-to-face with Jesus. You're still clinging to your life. And you felt the Holy Spirit prompt you to let go and trust Him. But you've been fearful of what you'd have to give up, what you'd have to surrender. And and can I tell you, it's the single most life-changing decision you could ever make. Can I tell you what you'd have to surrender? Everything. We make no... There's, there's no hiding that. You, you will have to give up everything. You will surrender everything. You, are, you will surrender all. But it will be the most, the most life-changing decision you ever make in your entire life. An eternity-changing decision. Maybe you haven't begun to serve simply because you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You don't know Him as Lord. There's no better day than today. There's no better time than right now. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Our prayer team would love the opportunity to pray that prayer with you today and serve you in that way. As you begin this journey with him, I'm going to pray, and if that's you, I want you to sprint to these people so that they can pray with you to receive Jesus. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We adore you. God, we, we thank you that you redeemed us, that you restored us, that you've healed us that you're in the process of healing us, that we're on this journey of healing every day. God, we praise you. We honor you. We fixate and we focus our attention on you. Jesus, you're worthy of it all.
Help us to get, get the focus off of us and to focus on you every day. How can I serve you, Lord? How can I serve you? Not what, what, what can you do for me, Lord, but how can I serve you today, Lord? How can I make today all about you? How can I make today about promoting you, to valuing you, to protecting and prioritizing you, Jesus? We love you, Jesus. We give you our life, surrendered to you. Before we leave, God, we want to pray a, a, a special prayer over our lead pastors this morning. God, would you pour out blessing on their life? God, would you pour out favor on their life, Jesus? Would you pour out strength? God, would you pour out your spirit? God, would you give them rest? God, would you give them exactly what they need today in this moment, Jesus? Would you give peace in their hearts? God, would you help them? Would you encourage them? Would you empower them? God, would you give them this time of rest and this time away to recharge, to, to be restored, to come back better than ever, on, more on fire for you than ever before. God, would you pour out anointing on their life We promise to give you all the glory, Jesus. And it's in your powerful, powerful name that we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining us this morning. And uh, I, I pray that uh, God blesses you today, that God blesses you this coming week. And we'll see you again next week. Here at Relevant Life Church, it's our mission to see people connect with God relate to one another, and reach our world. This single statement drives everything we do as a church. Our hope is that today you were encouraged in this. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed day.